wrestling fan and a former WCW wrestling star, Glacier, telling you to tune in every week to Top of the Morning, right here, and tune in before blood runs cold on you. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, EA, Eric Ames. This is the Top of the Morning podcast, presented by TopRopeReport.com. And we have hit the quarter-century mark this week with episode 25. Kind of surreal to think about, considering we never really meant to get into the podcast game as quickly as we did. But, you know, things happen. We kind of got lucky with some interviews and... One thing led to another, and here we are all the way up to 25 episodes now, so definitely would like to thank all the members of the hashtag TR Army for listening, and anyone else who peeps the podcast every week, or, well, whenever we get to an episode. Of course, we're coming to uh, coming off of a respite over the last week. Payback was so brutal, we had to take a little bit of a break. Not really, though, but that's the excuse that I'll go with. So this week, I am handing the reins over to the co-hostist with the mostest, Mr. Doug Barrel, as he is giving us a first for the podcast, as we have our very first returning guest. He interviewed this man, I, it's been a couple of months, maybe? I don't know, I probably should have fact-checked that first. <laughs> it's been a little bit, but after the first time that he talked to this man, he walked away with even more questions, so... We talked a little bit, me and Doug, about having him back on the program, and Mr. Barrel got in touch with him, and he was totally open to it. So, once again on the show this week, we have Ray Lloyd, better known as Glacier from WCW. So, a very interesting show this week, a lot more intriguing information. Of course, he was present in Orlando over WrestleMania weekend, as his good friend Diamond Dallas Page got inducted into the Hall of Fame. So they touch on that and a whole buttload of more great topics. So here we are. Here is episode 25 of the Top of the Morning podcast with Doug Barrel speaking once again with Glacier. All right, top of the morning to all the wrestling fans out there. Once again, I am TRR contributor Doug Barrel, and I have with me a very special guest who is returning for round two today. I had a very fun and enlightening time talking with this gentleman a couple months ago, and uh, after we were done recording, uh, TRR's Eric asked me how it went, to which my answer was, we need to do that again sometime. Uh, <laughs> it was a it was a situation where I walked in. I had some notes. I had some questions, uh, but in the course of our chat, I learned so much about 
his experiences and uh, relationships and perspective on the business that I, I felt like I walked away with uh, even more questions, which is always a good thing. So, <laughs> so needless to say, I was so happy when he said he'd love to do a part two sometime. So I'm welcoming back Ray Lloyd, the man best known as Glacier. Uh, we have so much good stuff to talk about. Um, but before we dive into that, Thanks for taking some time once again. It really means a lot. Oh, well, thank you, Doug. I appreciate it, man. And uh, I'm here. Uh, I'm, I live down in Orlando, Florida, and I'm sitting outside. Uh, I live in the coolest little neighborhood down here where, you know, I can walk to everything I want as far as restaurants you know, and all that stuff. So I'm sitting outside in this little bistro here, um, and it's a good little crowd. So if it gets to be a little loud, I'll, I'll try to move where it's not, not so loud. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, don't, yeah but, uh, don't worry about that. Uh, I'm, sure we'll, I'm sure we'll be good. We'll be good. Yeah, so I mean, you were just saying, you know, you're in, uh, you're in Orlando, and uh, of course, yeah. WrestleMania 33 was a few weeks ago. It emanated yeah. in your neck of the woods. And uh, before we talk a little bit more about the show itself, and of course, uh, the fact that it was an extra special weekend for a very good friend of yours, uh, because that stuff is definitely on deck. Um, but <laughs> when WrestleMania comes to town, it's really a, it's like a week long festival. Um, you yeah. know, there are wrestling alums and fans and media and independent promotions and, and all these other things that they all kind of congregate into one general area. So there's so much going oh, yeah. on. And, uh, I know speaking with you last time and, uh, also just following your posts on social media, that you definitely had a busy couple of days with uh, appearances and seminars and what have you. Um, so I'll just start by asking you to fill us in on what you were up to during that long weekend. Um, you know, I, I tell you what, it, it was four days that were just unbelievably fun days, but man, I was exhausted when it was all over. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it was uh, it was nonstop, just you know, from one place to the next to the next, and. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, obviously WrestleMania is, I mean, let's face it, I mean, it's the Super Bowl of, of our business. Um, it was so good to have it, you know, here in Orlando again. Uh, I remember what I think is probably the coolest thing about the whole, you know, event itself or the whole series of, of days that built up to the event was um, I was watching the uh, morning news show here on, on that following Monday morning, and they announced that, that in the four-day period from Thursday to Sunday, it was the largest revenue-generating event, four-day event in the history of the city of Orlando. They projected over $150 million in local revenue for local businesses. And, and you know, that, that just that alone is a statement that, that, that just, you know, gives you gives some idea how big uh, the wrestling business has become and, and how big WWE is and, and how big the, uh, the event, the WrestleMania itself, has become. And uh, uh, it was it was awesome. I mean, I, I was just telling someone the other day that I did, like, I, I did an appearance for WrestleCon on Saturday morning from uh, nine to noon, and, and honestly, I mean, the first hour of my my uh, appearance, everyone I talked to was from outside the country. Literally, everyone I remember talking to for the first hour was, you know, they were from you know England, Australia, you know, everywhere but here. <laughs> it, it's really <laughs> incredible, like when you think yeah. about it. I, like, I really think that it's even more so because, you know, I kind of make the analogy to the Super Bowl as well, and it's incredible because I think it. It expands even beyond the Super Bowl because even though the Super Bowl is obviously an internationally huge thing, I think that wrestling has farther reaches because 
American football, you know, it's a little more confined in terms of its popularity. The popularity right. of professional wrestling has no bounds. You're right. Yeah, and uh, I agree 100%. And, uh, um, and it's just, I mean, and it just it's a testament to, you know, I always say that wrestling has the most loyal fans in the world. And it's a testament to the fans of, of our business that they're willing to travel halfway around the world to come see an event, you know, like that. And, and to make that kind of commitment, you obviously, you know, most of them, I'm sure, save all year long, maybe even longer, you know, for this, this event that is, um, you know, is, is one that uh, hopefully they're going to remember for the rest of their lives, you know, so as far as the experience. And uh, and I think that's the other thing that, that makes wrestling, one of the things that makes it such a great business is that it's the only business, in my opinion, where, you know, the fans can really, really get up close and personal with the people that are involved in the show itself, you know? I mean, you know, the NFL, when they have the Super Bowl and stuff like that, and when you have the World Series, people, the fans congregate to whatever city, but it's very rare that they get a chance to actually, you know, mingle with, with the, the, the stars involved in it, you know? And so um, that's another big bonus that wrestling fans do. And also the other good side of that is, too, that in wrestling, you know, we're, you kind of learn, if you're going to have any level of success in the wrestling business, you better learn how to relate to the fans. You, know, you better learn how to, how to talk to them and have conversations. And, and I feel that wrestler, wrestlers do that better than any other professional athlete, which is, once again, I think one of the reasons why our fans are so, so dedicated, so dedicated to, uh, you know, to us and to the, to the industry. Absolutely, and you know it's it's so funny that you say relating to the fans because uh, like yeah you know, I'm I'm kind of looking at my notes here and we were gonna talk a little bit about WrestleMania in a little bit um, the event itself and and I definitely had a note or two about the ability to relate to the fans so it's so you know it's it's good that you say that um, yeah we'll we'll definitely get into that so when when you were there for the long weekend I know you had some seminars uh, there were some shows there were some appearances. Did you get an opportunity to reconnect with anybody you hadn't seen in a while? Oh, yeah. You know, and, uh, and that's one of the other things that I was telling all of my buddies, you know, as it was comfortable building up for that week is I said, you know, the great thing about, you know, this whole event for me is, and granted, you know, I was doing some appearances. I actually did a wrestling show on Thursday night uh, with, uh, with Joey Janela, which um, yeah, I'm just now learning you know, how big of a following, you know, this kid has, which is awesome, you know. And, yeah. uh, um, but, uh but yeah, I, but I always, I always was. I said to every person that that I knew, you know, they'd be looking forward to. It, I said, what I'm looking forward to is, is is a reunion that I'll have with some of my buddies that I haven't seen in a long time. You know, and I did. I got a chance to got a chance to see Stan Hansen, uh, of course Dallas. But you know, Dallas and I see each other good. But anyway, but um, you know, Ricky Robert, uh, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, people, two people who really, really influenced me. You know, throughout the, especially the early years of my career. Um, I got to see Chavo Guerrero for the first time in a long time, and Chavo and I talked on Facebook a good bit, but I had not seen him face-to-face in years, you know, so it was really, really cool to, to see him. Got to, you know, see Al Snow, you know, Gene, Gene Oakland, who I, I love Gene, and I don't get to see him near enough. So, yeah, it was just uh, Bobby Fulton of the Fantastics, who was another person who really, really, really helped me a lot early in my career. So just to see those guys and, and you know, just to have some time to catch up and reminisce and just and thank them. And uh, but I tell you what, the probably the coolest experience for me the whole weekend, or the whole four day period, was when I got to, to that Saturday morning to, to do my appearance at WrestleCon. Um, I I was sitting next to you know they had like two of us at each table, and the guy who was next to me was Al Perez. And uh, a lot of younger wrestlers may not remember Al Perez, but he was a huge name in the world class wrestling back when you know the, the, the Von Erichs and, and, and Texas. 
one, when he walked away from the wrestling business over 20 years, 20 years ago, he just really kind of disappeared. Uh, I was very happy to find out that he now lives in Tampa and he's been working for UPS all these years. He's, he has a very successful life after wrestling, <laughs> which uh, can't, yeah. we can't always say that, you know. But uh, but I mean, he's one of the guys that when I was you know such a big fan, you know, in the '80s, going through high school and college, I mean, he was one of the guys I really gravitated to because he was, you know, to me, he looked the part and he, and he was such a great. Most of the time, he was a heel. Um, and he just had great matches. I mean, you know, because he, he did, you know, I was just talking to someone else about that today, that he did all the fundamentals, you know, but he did them so darn good, and he, and he told such a great story in the ring that he was just one of those guys that I really aspired to want to be like, even before I got into wrestling business. And when I, when I actually got in and I started training, I just, he was one of those guys I always thought, God, if I can get anywhere near as good as that guy, uh, I'll be doing pretty good. And so for the, and the first time in my life, in my career, I got to sit down face to face with him and talk with him, and we exchanged numbers. and And uh, I just told him, I said, you know, I don't care what happens the rest of this weekend. Meeting you and being able to tell you the kind of influence you had on me over 20 years ago, you know, is it, something that just I'm glad I got the opportunity to do that. You know, so and that was something that was totally unexpected. I never ever thought that I would have that experience. So I kind of got to be a little bit of a fan again, you know, as, as well as a colleague, which is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And and when you talk about all that stuff, I mean, when when WrestleMania comes to town, it's just it's so it it's so special. Um, oh yeah. You know, for all those reasons, and you know, you talk about reconnecting with people who influenced your life, um, but it you know it all passes its way down. And so not only <laughs> not not only do you get to reconnect with uh, you know friends and mentors. Um, and students, you know, but because so many people congregate on it, all, you know, all of these young aspiring wrestlers get to come to one place that is so dense with, with so oh, much, yeah. so much talent and so much advice. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, when, when you went to any of those shows, was, was there anything or, or, or was there anybody who stood out to you? Yeah, there was, you know, um, it, it was, uh, you know, I did the uh, the show that Thursday night. It was a midnight show, <laughs> and I was on with uh, with Dan Severn, and, uh, uh, and 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 I, I had briefly got to know Dan when we both wrestled in UWFI back in the early 90s, so it was really good to see him again, because I had not seen him since then, and um, uh, and just, you know, and, and all the guys that worked for, guys and girls that worked for Joey Janela's show, I mean, I, I, I didn't know what to expect, you know, because uh, quite frankly, you know, I, I just, I don't follow a lot of the younger wrestlers these days, not because I don't want to, it's just, you know, I mean, I'm just, you know, you know kind of semi-retirement mode these days. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But, uh, but the thing is, I say that, but uh, I, I, it's funny how a lot of stuff that's happened recently is, is pulling me back into being more full-time in wrestling, and I, I can tell you a little bit more about that as we as we talk later, but, uh, um, but you know, I, I had no idea what they expect. I thought this was going to be a show for two, three hundred people, no big deal. I mean, I get there, and by the time we get ready to the show, there's, there's a couple thousand people at this show, you know. Wow. And, uh, you know, for an indie show, that's a that's a that's a pretty darn good crowd, you know. And, yep. uh, um, and you know, and I was in like a Royal Rumble type match, and, and just to go out there and uh, it get just such an unbelievably good reception, and uh, and talk to the younger wrestlers in the back, and, and they were all just so humble and and, and so. You know, just just kind and and, and receptive of, of anything that I've you know talked about with them, and um, it, it's it's just nice to, to to really be able to to be comfortable with you know transitioning into that role of being the older veteran now. You know, because 
when I was the younger, the young buck who was just, you know, trying to be a sponge and, you know, wanting any minute of, the, of any veteran's time. And I'm still that way. I really am, you know. I mean, as much as I've gotten to, to really be great friends with Stan Hansen, every time I stand up talking to Stan Hansen, there's a moment where I'm looking going, I'm talking to Stan Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, maybe I look at my phone and I go, I got Stan Hansen's number on my cell phone. What the heck? You know, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it's um, – I really take a lot. I take that very seriously. You know, that role of being a, a veteran, and, and I, I try so hard to be able to, you know, to, to, to be receptive to any questions they have and try to answer as the best I can. And, and but uh, and uh, and uh, and just be you know receptive to you know anything that I can do to help them. You know, because I was so fortunate to have so many veterans come along and help me. You know, that were very unselfish, and so. Uh, I just feel like I'm at that point in my life where it's my time to be that guy, and uh, and I wholeheartedly embrace that. Yeah, I think, and I think it probably means the world to those guys. Like anybody who's actually serious about it, you know, who's worth you know worth their salt, it probably means a lot to uh, to take that in and to incorporate it in what they're doing. Um, yeah, when we t- yeah, absolutely. When we talked last time, we talked a little bit about uh, a very good independent promotion in our neck of the woods, and uh, I remember seeing the promotional poster. I sent you a message uh, about some of the folks that were familiar to us that were heading down to Orlando. You said, well, tell them to be be prepared for some chops. <laughs> but, yeah. I, don't think, I, don't think I, really, I don't think I really delivered any. I did that. <laughs> I made a couple, but I, I was pretty... Uh, yeah, I, I was uh, I was pretty nice as far as you know. I was pretty reserved with the chops. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. <laughs> no, but, uh, but, uh, but you know, um, but yeah, it was really you know like um, I've been able to mentor a few. I say mentor, not 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 me solely, but I've been able to help along a few of the wrestlers, younger wrestlers that that I felt like really one had the the talent to to make it to the next level, but also had the you know the work ethic. You know, because I don't care how much talent you have in the world, if you don't have the work ethic. Yeah, you're not going to go anywhere anyway. And, and so, you know, and even with the work ethic, you know, the, the odds of making it are so, so rare. But, uh, but there were certain people that I finally got, like one person I've coached over the phone some and, 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 you know, advised. Uh, but I, I felt like I know her, but I never met her face to face was, um, a young up and coming, uh, uh, female wrestler named Lucy Mendez. And, uh, she was trained by Harley Race. And, uh, I got to finally meet her face to face, which is just such a cool experience because, you know, just to, to know there's someone out there who really appreciates your, your advice and, 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 and your, you know, your constructive criticism uh, and, and get to kind of, you know, see them face to face and, and know that, that hopefully you're doing something that might guide them, you know, a little bit more down that path was, was pretty cool, you know. So that was another big thing for me that, that happened during the whole, the whole weekend. Yeah, you know, and then there's, there's inevitably going to be a couple of those people that uh, go and work those shows and they and they congregate for WrestleMania and uh, they go to the show and then one day, man, they're uh, yeah. you know they're standing there and, and, and they remember those experiences. So yeah, I mean that's that's huge. That's huge, man. Yeah. Um, and one of the things um, I don't know if I, we mentioned it on the last show, but uh, and I didn't get a chance to see him while we were down here, but I, I saw him you know not too long ago. Is that one of the guys I had a small hand in training early on in his career, which is now probably about 12 years ago, was uh, Xavier Woods. You know, oh, no kidding. Yeah, and uh, um, and I take no credit for you know, I mean, I, I just, the guy who trained him was someone that I kind of helped mentor back along in that. And, and so when they when he was training, you know, um, Austin or Xavier, 
you know, I, I went down and helped train a lot. And a lot of the shows that he worked his first couple of years, uh, you know, I was on the shows and I, you know, watched his matches and kind of helped. And then uh, we've been friends, you know, all along. But, uh, um, you know, he's a perfect, perfect example. And I always use it as someone who, I mean, he's in a great spot now, you know, but it took him, you know, about 10 years to get there. And he, he didn't give up, you know, he was just persistent. He kept pressing along. And, um, and that's what I tell any young wrestlers that, you know, if you're going to, if you have any chance to make it in this business, it's probably going to take you a while before you ever get noticed or get a chance to, to show them what you got. And that's just the nature of the business. It really is. It takes a few good years to really get a grasp of this. This is not easy to do, you know. And um, and that's I I, I, I laugh and shake my head when I really I talk to people who think that you know somehow you can become a professional wrestler in ten easy lessons, you know. It just <laughs> does not happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, but that's really cool about Woods. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys that I, I think, you know, like you kind of alluded to, he's kind of paid his dues, he's taken his time, and uh, yeah. and he's grown through the ranks. But, you know, he's got his deal right now with the New Day, and the New Day is very over. And if, yeah. if the time comes where uh, they break back off into singles, I think that it's been an opportunity to let – fans know what he could do as a singles wrestler because oh, yeah. he yeah. he he is talented in the ring but he's also very talented in terms of uh psychology and storytelling and on the microphone yeah and, and you know he's a very approachable superstar you know i mean he um you know he's very active on social media he gets out he goes to, he's big into the sci-fi and the gaming and he goes to a lot of these conventions and you know, he's just walking around, you know, the convention society. You know, I ran into each other uh, uh, Dragon Con in Atlanta, you know, uh, about a year ago, and they were having that. And uh, But, uh, but you know, here's the thing, too, though, Doug, it's one thing that's really important to, for me to mention is that, and, and I, when I do a lot of my wrestling seminars, which I'm starting to do a lot more of those, there's one of the things I've talked about is that the reason why he got his break, or at least in my opinion, one of the main reasons why he got his break, is because when the opportunity came, he was ready. He was prepared. He'd done everything he could from his end that he could control to be ready. You know, he looked smart. He, he was in great shape. He had paid his dues. He had experience. He could have a great match with practically anybody at that point. So when they, when, when that the opportunity came, he was, boom, he was ready. You know, and it took 10 years or so to get there, but, you know, he was ready. And I always say that, you know, for someone who deserves an opportunity, the worst thing in the world is to never get the opportunity. The second worst thing in the world is to get the opportunity and not be ready for it. And so many young wrestlers think they're ready for it when they're not. And, um, you know, and I always say you don't know what you don't know. So you need someone who, who does know, who can who will hopefully steer you down that path and say, okay, look, as much as you want it right now, you're not ready. If they were to give you a trial right now, you wouldn't pass, you know, you wouldn't make the cut, you know. And, and they have to be okay with saying, okay, well, I, I got to get more season, you know. And, and that's a hard thing for someone who is hungry and wants to get that break, but this is man, one of the, one of the greatest assets that any wrestler can have is patience in this business because you just never know how long it's going to take. I mean, it can happen in two or three years, but that's very, very rare for that to happen, you know. And so, um, because you know, you just I'm just telling you, it's like anything else. I mean, you can't. I always say, you know, I heard Tom Pritchard say this one time. You know, you know, what is it about for a wrestler that makes people think they can they can just somehow learn to do a little bit of training and, and move to the top rank? Do you see anybody do that in pro baseball or pro basketball or pro football? No. It just doesn't happen. You know? It's not the way the universe works. 
<laughs> exactly. Like you, you know, you you can be the you can be the hottest pros you can be the hottest eighteen year old baseball prospect in the yeah. country. You know, who everybody feels like you're destined for greatness. But guess what? You're not destined for greatness tomorrow. Right, right, and you know, and Paige, you know, one of Paige's uh, things that Paige always says is you got to be, you got to be willing to put in the work. And uh, it's, it's just a, one of my really favorite quotes. I just put it on Facebook today on my personal page. It came from Michael Jordan, and uh, it said, um, he said, you know, a lot of people have talent, but skill takes hard work. And he said, do you think I run up and down the court every day for three hours just to feel like, just so I know what it feels like to sweat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. And, uh, but uh, sorry, some guys pulling up on a motorcycle. I apologize for the noise. Yeah, no, you're 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 fine. You're fine. <laughs> but, no, that's a, yeah, that, you know, that's a great story. Is, like, you know, no matter how talented you are, no matter how great of an athlete you are, there's still a certain skill set you got to master before you can get to the point of where you're ready for that that next level, that that top level. You know, so and that's a lot of people get impatient, but I understand that some of that's just you, you know. So <laughs> yeah, and. I mean that you know you give an example of a guy who definitely paid his dues and he kind of rose the ranks and he kind of honed his craft and and really you know not only is he successful now but he could probably you know if uh, if given a singles opportunity could be successful down the road so yeah yeah, yeah he's yeah, somebody I feel really good about yeah, that... yeah he's, he's, he's got uh, I believe he'll have as long of a career as he wants I really do. Absolutely. You know, he's, uh, he's got to get head on his shoulders, too, and that accounts for so much. It really does. And anything, but especially in this business. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So moving on a little bit on that weekend, because, of course, your good friend, who you've alluded to already, your good friend Diamond Dallas Page, was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, and uh, that was an absolutely great moment. Um, I know I was looking forward to it as a big fan of his. So as a friend, it must have been that much better, you know. To- you know, it was. Um, uh, it was. Yeah, obviously, I was very proud and happy for him, just like everyone that knows him and and, and all those wrestling fans around the world. I mean, you know, Paige is that guy that you know that we've always referred to as the world's greatest long shot. I mean, nobody, nobody would have ever dreamed that Paige would have had the, the career that he had. You know, and I mean, except for probably Paige, you know. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, he, uh, sorry, I was just saying hello to one of my buddies who walked up here. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Giving him a hug there. But, uh, um, but, uh, um, yeah, you know, I mean, Paige is, like I said, we, we, I think I mentioned to you a little bit earlier, we, uh, um, he and I got together on Thursday of WrestleMania week, and we both were doing interviews with, uh, Uprock, the online news magazine. And, um, uh, and then afterwards, we got a chance to talk a little bit. And, uh, and then, you know, and, and I said to him about a month earlier that, hey, um, you know, I understand you have a lot of people bugging you for passes. Don't worry about me. Give, give me one. Whether you're going to give me one or not, just know that I'll be one less guy you have to worry about. <laughs> because uh, I know you have all the people from the performance center that want to come and all that. And even though you're a Hall of Fame inductee, they still, you know, they still only give you a limited number of passes because they have everyone else they got to, you know, take care of too. And um, so, uh, anyway, so we, had, we, we hung out on Thursday, did their interviews caught up a little bit which is awesome and then um uh and then the next morning uh steve his, his business partner gave me a call steve you and said hey um you know dallas has got a pass for you he really wants you to be there and uh and i was like oh wow that's really cool and so uh i had a chance to go and uh and actually i uh, got a chance to hang out with uh, one of our former producers that was also in town uh for the seat page get inducted uh neil 
Um, Neil is a guy that uh, most people may not know his name, but because he was behind the scenes like most producers are, but the thing he is most well known for is during the NWO days, uh, he was the guy that pretty much produced all the NWO vignettes, and he was actually the, the voice of NWO. He was the guy that always said NWO, you know? <laughs> new, new, new world very, order. Very popular during the 90s. And so it was great to see Neil, um, and, uh, you know, we got a chance to, and Neil took some really cool pictures when I didn't even know he was taking pictures, and there's a really cool one. That we, were, we, we had our seats, but we didn't actually uh, even sit in our seats. We actually went and stood uh, at the, the far end of the uh, Amway Arena here, so that we could just look straight ahead and watch the whole ceremony. And it was just a great place to, to just catch everything. And then Neil took some really cool pictures of, of me kind of like in the foreground with Dallas way out in the background. You know, it was just, um, you know, something that was that means a lot to me. But, but yeah, just listen to Paige speak. And, and uh, obviously, you know, Paige would have loved to, um, I think, in a perfect world, have Dusty to be there to induct him, which is what Bischoff said when he was doing the, the uh, introductory speech. But, um, but, you know, we always get everything we want. And unfortunately, you know, with Dusty, you know, passing a couple of years ago, um, that was something that just wasn't meant to be. But, but, uh, but when Dallas gave his speech, um, you know, I was talking to Brenda's wife about, you know, in, in true, you know, work ethic, you know, style, Dallas, you know, worked like months on that speech. <laughs> and, uh, and it came across being, you know, very natural, which is, you know, because Paige is a pro. But, um, but yeah, you know, I, I, he told a lot of great stories about, his struggles and, and how he believed in himself when no one else believed in him. Uh, and, and, and it is. I mean, it, 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 you know, he always says, you know, that um, that uh, work ethic equals dreams come true. And, and that's so true in the sense that, you know, whether your dreams work out exactly or your goals work out exactly the way you want, the harder you work, the more good stuff happens to you and the more opportunities open up for you. I don't care what it is you're doing. And he's just a shining example of that. And, um, uh, I remember when he closed out, the pages I go back and forth, uh, he kind of calls me the king of quotes. So I always try to, you know, give him quotes all the time. I think he might, you know, be able to use on his, on his uh, stuff he's doing now with DDPO, because he does, on his channel, he does a uh, motivational Monday and stuff like that. But um, uh, I gave him a quote a couple of months ago, and, uh, and he, it was pretty cool. He used it to kind of um, you know, wrap up his, his speech, and uh, the quote was, um, in order to be, an overachiever, you first have to be, you know, and yet, in order to be an overachiever, first you have to be an overbeliever. And uh, it was kind of cool that, you know, he kind of used that to finish up his speech, and I thought, ah, you know. Yeah, right. Gave him that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, and, uh, but, yeah, all along, man, what a huge honor for him. Um, long overdue, and, uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about him. I'm, I'm so proud of him. And, and, uh, and the great thing is, with the DDP yoga now, he's, he's talking about someone who's totally reinvented himself. Um, I remember years ago when, when it was just before just before it took off, when uh, it was really getting to the point where he wasn't sure if it was going to work out for him or not. But back when it was what he called YRG, Yoga for Regular Guys, before he rebranded it. And once he rebranded it and it started to kind of take off, started to get traction, and he was working so hard with it. You know? And I was just like, I was like, Paige, once again, <laughs> you know, like, I foolishly said to Paige, I was like, you know, man, why are, you, why are you working so hard on this at this point in your life, man? And and, uh, and he just said something that has always stuck with me. He said, he said, bro, he said, he said, I want something that's going to outlive me. And and now that's what DDP Yoga is going to do. I mean, you know, I'm sure Paige will be around for a long time, but when it, his time comes and he is gone, he's still going to be changing lives with the videos and everything else he's put out there. He's going he's to be like Jack Mullane. You know, he always says, which I think is such a great combination. Only Paige would come up with this combination of characters. He says, he says, I'm, he says, I'm like Jack Lalane and Tony Robbins and a straight Richard Simmons all rolled into one. 
proud for him on so many levels. But I think the thing I'm most proud of is is really what he's doing now. You know, he's he he inspired people before. Now he's he's changing people's lives. He's saving people's lives, and uh, and that's something that goes way beyond anything he could have ever done in a wrestling ring. Yeah, no, it's 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 so cool because there are going to be people out there who they've never watched a wrestling match in their life, but exactly, exactly. but but their life might be affected by Paige, you know. So yeah, I I think uh, that's such a cool a shining, thing. Yeah, a shining example of that is if, if anybody looks, they follow him. I'm learning a lot about social media because I've just recently um, acquired a, a social media uh, or marketing team to help me. So I'll talk yeah. a little bit more about that before we finish, but. But because now I'm starting to like look at stuff I never even paid attention to, and, and just to kind of be, be in line with what you just said, is I noticed that you know Dallas has about 180,000 followers at Diamond Dallas Page um, through his like Facebook page and Twitter and all that. Well, he's got over half a million followers, you know, at DDP Yoga. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right there says that, you know, there's a lot more people who may not even care what he did in the wrestling business, but they they, they bill him for the DDP Yoga. Yeah, no, it, I, it's been a really positive and and impactful thing, you know, and uh, it has, yeah. and I know that you have relationships with some other people that were inducted this year, namely the Rock and Roll Express, who you named earlier. Um, yeah. So I, you, we got the Rock and Roll Express. We got Teddy Long. Um, yeah, of course, Teddy forever. Yeah, uh, you know, Beth Phoenix, who you may not know as well, um, and Kurt Angle. But what do you think about the rest of the class? You know what? Um, I think it was a really, really good class. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this just because uh, if I don't say it, I'll kick myself for not saying it. But um, and I put this on social media on Facebook probably about a month before the Hall of Fame. Um, one of my closest, closest friends in and out of the wrestling business is Tonga Fafita. Everyone knows him as King Haku. Um, I just think it's a real crime that, that, that this guy is not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he's someone who has just had a legendary career, both in WWF and in WCW, and then came back to WWE. I mean, the guy is just, you know, anybody that's followed wrestling over the last 30 years, you couldn't have missed him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and they don't just put anybody in the position to tag team with Andre to die. You know, when Andre really needed a tag partner, you know, near kind of the twilight of his career. Um, you know, so he's someone that I, I love him dearly as a person. Um, I consider him literally family, and uh, and I'm just it's, it's I almost take it like a one man campaign. You know, without trying to be too too much of a thorn in anybody's side, it's just that I'm going to continue the campaign for. I, I just don't understand why in the world someone like that has not gotten that recognition. But uh, but I digress. <laughs> no, absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, the Rock and Roll Express. Beth Phoenix is someone I, I never have gotten to know. I certainly admire her. Um, you know, I saw her speech, which uh, which I thought was just an amazing speech. It really, really was. Um, just says a lot about her as a person and and what some of her goals were and still are. You know, as far as um, you know, advancing uh, the business for for women. You know, and female athletes, which I think right now uh, the the future looks very bright for for any female wrestler who's who's wanting to pursue this as a you know a career um and the advice i always give to anybody and i give to all female wrestlers as well as as, as male wrestlers is you know you got to do it for the right reason uh this has got to be your passion and i always say you know there's a quote that i always use a 
Walmart a million times over, and you got to be strong enough. You know, your passion, your why has got to be stronger than, than, than the disappointment, you know. And, and but then she talked a lot about that, too, about, you know, the advancement of women in wrestling, and I thought she did an amazing job of that. Um, yeah, the Rock and Roll Express, I mean, these guys, um, thank God I met them early, early on in my career. Uh, and I just, it's so funny that, you know, I get now when I see them and I buddy up to them and I talk to them, it's just amazing to me, and once again, I, I feel like a fan because uh, I'm so I'm so happy that I have that relationship with them, and uh, and I can just walk up and we can just kind of start talking and pick up right where we left off, maybe a year or two ago or whatever. Um, but uh, these guys, I mean, one of the greatest tag teams ever, ever, and in my opinion, you know, maybe the greatest babyface tag team, just I, because of the fact that the chemistry they had. When I think about the phrase, if you give me the phrase "the hot tag." I think about yeah. the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and uh, and they just epitomized you know what what was good about wrestling. Two guys who you know, let's face it, very average sized guys that as singles may have had very average careers, but somebody was smart enough to put them together. Whether they even knew what they were doing at that time, and whatever that magic it factor is that that happens every once in a blue moon in wrestling, happened with those two guys. And, and somebody was smart enough to, to, to observe that and say, hey, we may have something here, you know, and then, and then the rest of it's history. But, but they're just two great guys outside the ring. Um, they've done both a lot to, to help me. Uh, and it's, it's one of the things where I always say that the greatest, I think I said this the first time we did your previous episode, is, and I mean this with all my heart, I mean the greatest honor that I've ever had, the greatest accomplishment ever in the wrestling business for me is to be able to walk into a locker room of legendary wrestlers like, say, Rock and Roll Express, and be accepted as a peer among that group, and to, to know that I have a seat at the table with that group, it just still blows me away. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. Like I said, to be able to walk up to a Stan Hansen, shake his hand, give him a hug, and stand there and talk to him for fifteen minutes, it's just, it's still just, you know, it's hard for me to fathom that sometimes. But, but yeah, the Rock and Roll Express, long overdue, long overdue, and uh, um, and and they just, you know, they both have wrestling schools now. Um, you know, it, it's, it's going to help them. And this is all they, they've ever done, and it's probably all they will ever do. I mean, there's going to be a time when they don't really step out of the ring, you know, completely. Um, I love the fact they're still in, doing the indie shows. But, uh, but yeah, they right. have their wrestling schools. And, and this, you know, this having a Hall of Fame title behind your name is obviously going to be something that can help them business-wise, uh, and, 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 and they should, you know. So, so that would be great for them. Uh, Kurt Angle, you know, someone that, uh, you know, I, I've had a, a great relationship with, with Kurt um, as – as an acquaintance, you know, Kurt and I have never become great, great friends, but, um, you know, I did, most people may know that um, I did a movie with Kurt, uh, which was shot in Pittsburgh up in 2014, I think, that's what it was, maybe, no, it was 2011, I'm sorry, a little further back, it's called River of Darkness, and, uh, and I played, you know, his nemesis in the movie, so I got a chance to work with him, you know, pretty much throughout the whole movie, which was really cool, and that's where I really, even though I got to know him through TNA when I was uh, uh, an agent there with Dusty, um, you know, behind the scenes, I never really got to know him, you know, really, really good. When I did the film, um, you know, that was that was when it was, um, you know, a lot of fun to get to know him and to hang out with him. And, uh, and, and, and listen, yeah, I mean, Kurt Angle could have been inducted, you know, the moment you know, that they started having the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's been great for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this whole class, like, really, I'm looking at it up and down, yeah. and I'm like, man, everybody who's in this class deserves to go, and they probably deserve to go yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great class, and, and, and I think they do a really good job every year of, um, 
putting together a diverse class every year, you know, and uh, and, and I think it's uh, and, and it just goes to show you how many how many people, you know, affected the wrestling business, you know, through, in different generations, you know, and, uh, and how many people, you know, made people want to tune in and watch watch this this thing called pro wrestling, and so uh, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a great thing. I was really really expecting and kind of hoping and expecting that they were going to make an announcement about uh, maybe you know actually having the physical Hall of Fame, you know, maybe here in Orlando. Um, to me, I mean, the Hall of Fame is really not complete unless you actually have a physical place where we can go, you know, so you can actually, you know, admire these, these legendary figures of our business. Uh, I hope that that's something that's going to happen soon. With, with Orlando now becoming like the epicenter of the wrestling world again, um, you know, Central Florida, uh, to me it'd be an ideal place to put it, but uh, I'm sure there are a lot of factors that they have to work out before they finally decide to make that happen. But I certainly hope they do decide to, to do it sometime soon, whether it's Orlando or not, wherever, I, I hope they do have a, a physical place for, you know, parents and kids to go together to, and wrestling fans alike and you just go to, you know, relive wrestling history with, with you know, all the legendary people that are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and honestly, I thought that was in the cards. I thought they were... I did too. I really did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought they were building it in Orlando, so, <laughs> like, I don't well, know. If there's anybody listening that has influence on that, go in Orlando. Why <laughs> would you? I mean, this is the freaking vacation capital of the world. It would... I mean, It would be a perfect place, and uh, yeah, no, I thought it was already coming, and yeah, that would be awesome if they actually had the physical Hall of Fame. Yeah, so, and, and you need to. They really need to to make it really complete. You know, so. No, it, it was a great class of the Hall of Fame, and, uh, you know, in reference to the show itself, uh, you know, Eric and I had discussed this a little bit, and you referenced it earlier when we were talking you know, WrestleMania is essentially WWE's Super Bowl. And, um, you know, for what should be your most important payoff show, I think the cruel irony is, and this is not unlike the Super Bowl, is that it pushes so hard to be a marketable spectacle. It actually, it's, it's actually the show that caters to your most hardcore fans the least, <laughs> if, if that makes any sense, you know. And so, in so many ways, WrestleMania can be a mixed bag of highs and lows. And uh, <laughs> I've seen opinions on this year's show that rank all over the board. Um, you know, there will always be things that you can nitpick at. But as a whole, I walked away more satiated than I did after the Dallas show, 32. I thought yeah. this was definitely a better show than that. Um, there were a couple things that missed their mark of the mass of the matches I was most anticipating. I thought that Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton fell a little flat. Um, but there were also matches I walked in with concerns for, and it far exceeded my expectations. And that's like AJ Styles and Shane McMahon. I had my concerns about that match. I thought it delivered. I thought that. Seth Rollins and Triple H was completely on point, and uh, I thought the uh, return of the Hardy Boys was completely perfect. Oh, yeah. So I thought there were a, <laughs> I thought there were a lot of positives um, yeah. from this year's yeah, show. Were. So just give me some of your thoughts on the show in general. Um, you know, and I was kind of uh, I, I guess 
Yeah, I mean, I was, and for whatever my opinion is worth on, I was, yeah, I was, uh, I wanted, my initial thought was to say lukewarm, but I was a little bit more than lukewarm. I, I was, uh, you know, I gave it, if you had to give it a grade as a teacher, you know, that's kind of what I, what I tend to do is, I would have given it like a B plus. And, and, and not to say that there was anything that I thought was major wrong with it. Um, it's just hard to live up. And it's, it's more, if anybody knows anything about not being able, you know, or you know, having to try to live up to the hype, it's me, trust me. But, <laughs> but, uh, but um, you know, I, mean, I think that's the thing too, is like, and, and it's, I think it's very hard for like, if you kind of equate, you know, like Super Bowl to, to WrestleMania, it's become such a spectacle that I think people really have unrealistic expectations, you know, that no matter what is actually advertised, they think all of a sudden there's just going to be, you know, just these, these mind-blowing moments. And I think I think they delivered, you know, this year uh, pretty good. I mean, I think the Hardy Boys coming back was a pretty good, um, you know, surprise, if you want to call it that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm just one of those guys that, and I think overall, I mean, I think WWE did a great job. Um, I, my hat's off to Triple H for being at this point in his life, but everything else that he has on his plate to be able to train and go out there and deliver on you know uh, any kind of match. But I thought he had a heck of a match. At this point in his career, is um, it says an awful lot about his work ethic, you know. And uh, um, so I thought that was you know I thought that was a great thing. Um, yeah, you know the, uh, um, the Undertaker match obviously you know was something that was uh, um, I think it was solid. I, I mean same thing. I mean you know like I said I mean I, I think yeah, people have to understand you know that that you know the guys the guy that at this point in his career. You know, I mean, yeah, people have no idea what what this business does to you physically. And to be out there and still going at this point in his life, let's face it, in the twilight of his career, to go that hard, even just one time, I, people have no idea. I mean, you just have no idea what that takes. And it takes out of you and, and the recovery afterwards. I mean, even in your youth, it, it, a match like that would probably take you a while. So, yeah, I, I thought the, the way he did his exit was, was very, very appropriate. Um I'm like everybody else listening the wrestling side, the wrestling fan of me. Yeah, nobody ever wants to see the Undertaker retire. I mean, we don't like him to kind of be like Superman and be around forever, but that's just that's just not the way it works, you know. But um, um, AJ, you know, AJ's someone I've known since he pretty much got started. Um, AJ's always going to deliver. You know? and, and, and he's one of those guys that, to use the old term that we, we say in the wrestling business, me literally can have a great match with a broomstick, you know. And so... I literally had that phrase written down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's an old phrase, but but he's one of the very few people. And I don't say that a lot about. Uh, I'm a very very few people. I used to say it about Billy Kidman because Kidman was the same way. You, you know, you you want to have you want somebody to have a good match, put him with Kidman. I mean, he was always going to deliver. You know, and um, and and AJ's the same way, especially at this point in his career where he really has matured as a person and as a wrestler. Um, he can handle the, the the fame and the stardom. He's a very level-headed guy. Um, I, I, it's, I, I, it's a double-edged sword with, as far as my critique of Shane McMahon. And once again, whatever my opinion, or if it's just that one opinion, but um, you know, I, I see someone who, you know, you know, he's he's not someone who's billed as a professional wrestler, you know, but and, and it's just he's always been put in the spot where he comes out and all of a sudden he can compete with these guys that are supposed to be the, the highest level of athlete in the business and all of a sudden he can just you know kind of put on the, the comfortable clothes and go out there and all of a sudden somehow he can compete at that level i, I don't to me it, 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 it's, it's it's i think it's it's, a, it's hard for people to, to buy that even though he goes out there and i give him all the credit in the world i think he's, he does a hell of a job every time he goes out there i'm just saying in the if, if, I, if I had to say something about it to critique it that would be it but like, i think it's very hard for people 
the believability is. Um, and not that you're not a tough guy, not that he's not a good athlete. I'm just saying some of it, when, when you're not labeled a professional wrestler and then you step in there and all of a sudden you can have a 15-minute match with one of the top stars in the business worldwide, you know, to me it's just kind of like, ah, you know. Yeah, that that's exactly it. You know, like that was one of those matches I was concerned about because AJ Styles really, I mean – He's had a great run for years. He had a phenomenal yeah. run. I mean, no pun intended when I say phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> he had a great run in TNA. He went to Japan, um, and he's come to WWE, and he's made such a splash. He's been so good. Um, he oh, really, yeah. He really is one of the hottest wrestlers on planet Earth right now. And so, yeah. no, I, I totally feel you because that was my concern when they put him in that match. I was yeah. like, what it, What are you doing putting one of the best wrestlers on planet Earth right. against somebody who, again, no disrespect to him, he's going to work his butt off and yeah. he's going to try to make it as good as he can, but he's not a professional wrestler, right. you know, <laughs> on, on a day-to-day uh, basis. I think I think that you know I think, and this is something that that I know what I know what I know is that I always believe our goal is to is to suspend disbelief. I, that's what the paying customer wants. They want to be able to go in and pay a price, a premium price for WrestleMania, and forget about whatever they have to go home to when they leave there. They want they want to step into this world, and they want this. There should be a certain level of magic that that they can buy into. You know, not not too hokey where it's, where they go. No, nah, I don't buy that. And I think with that, that's, that's, that's where the kind of the line gets blurred up. You know, and, and not to harp on that too much, but but you know, like AJ. One thing that, that, that I just it just it is amazing to me about AJ. I worked one of the last shows that he worked before he went to WWE. I worked it with him. It might have been his last show. He was the WrestleMania show that the Luke Gallows organization out right up of Atlanta. And uh, the first thing I said to him, one, it meant everything to me that he came up to me and said, "I really appreciate you know you." wishing me well because you know you've been there from the beginning you've always been supportive and you've always been one of the guys that i always connected great with and looked up to and i don't know if you said looked up to but something on those lines yeah, yeah. I, i'm not saying i had any single hand in anything that aj's ever done but but i've always admired him we've always had a great relationship um you know he's someone that i've always felt like you know i'm proud to see him doing good because he's a georgia boy like me you know so but um but it's one thing i said to him i was like i was like aj like you don't freaking age <laughs> I I was looking at his birthday the other day because he 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 and I uh he and I share a birthday not the same year but we share a birthday and I was actually looking up some information and uh yeah he's uh he's turning 40 uh this year which I'm I'm not I'm not saying that's old definitely I'm not saying that's old but I'm just saying for somebody who's Yeah yeah, you know, and, and um, he's on top of his game in WWE right now. Yeah, well, and, and he's um, he's like Flair. He's a phenomenon, you know. I mean, he's one of those guys. Yeah, people used to always say about Ray Flair, he might, he's probably from Mars because he's not human. You know? <laughs> I mean, he just he go out there and do all this stuff and bounce back and you know be the freshest guy you know in the ring the next night. I mean, and that AJ's the same way. I mean, I, I, I mean, it is it is something that you know it's a gift that he has, and uh, and r- rarely in life. That someone who had that gift like that get aligned with the perfect career they're supposed to be doing, you know. And I believe that that, that happened for him. And 
And I just, you know, I wish him all the success in the world because not only is he a great superstar in the ring, and he was a superstar way before he became a WWE superstar, but he deserved to have this run. He deserved to be a worldwide household name. He, and he, I don't, you know, and people can argue what they want, and I say this out of total respect for him because, you know, I, like I said, I'm one of his biggest fans. I think he's an amazing athlete, um, amazing wrestler. Is with through Impact Wrestling, TNA, whatever you want to call it, you know. He may not still have ever been that household name, like, you know, someone who's not a, a hardcore fan might not have known who he was, but now, you know, he he gets that machine behind him to give him that kind of publicity that he's always deserved, especially over the last 10 to 15 years. So now he is a household name, and he deserves that. He deserves to be a household name. And I think if he would have never gotten that opportunity to be have a run like this, it would have been a big injustice, probably one of the biggest injustices in the wrestling business. So I'm so happy that for him, personally and professionally, um, this is, he is one of those guys who truly, truly earned the right to be there way before he even went there. He could have gone five, seven years before and it still would have been, you know, right on time. So, uh, so yeah, he's, I applaud him. I applaud his effort. I, I'm just amazed that the guy was able to still have the caliber of matches that he has at this point in his career because, like I said, I mean, wrestling years are like dog years, man. I mean, you know, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> your, your body just, you know, it, you know, wasn't designed to take that kind of a beating, and he just bounces back and bounces back, and, and God bless him for doing so, you know. And, and I, I'm just really, I'm happy that he represents the wrestling business because he's he's a good person. He's a good, you know, he's a good role model for for anybody who who's aspiring to be in this business or anybody who's just a fan of this business. I mean. He's that guy who's, you know, who's going to represent this business well, always. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're probably winding down soon, but I want to leave you with a question that relates to that. There's been a long, there's been plenty of long debates about, um, you know, what gets guys over and what people need. And there's been all this controversy over, size and you know what i mean and so aj aj styles is a guy who he's probably one of the best wrestlers on planet earth today but he you know he's billed at you know 511 220 so what do you think about the direction that wwe is going in when they bring in guys like aj styles Kevin Steen, a.k.a. Kevin Owens, uh, El Generico, a.k.a. Sami Zayn, Finn Balor, guys like that, and those are top guys. What do you think? Um, you know what? I'm really glad you asked that because uh, this is something that I, I talk about a lot. Um, and uh, and before we finish, I want to just make sure I, I can kind of give you an update on kind of what I've got going on here, too, because it's pretty exciting stuff. But, uh, um yeah, as a matter of fact, I was in the gym today and I ran into Jim Powers. And anybody that watched wrestling back in the 80s probably remembers Jim Powers from back when he was in WWF. And uh, this is a guy that, you know, a great build and a great look. And always was kind of a solid mid-card guy. But, you know, he's considered a very respected veteran these days. And, and that's the one thing that he said to me. And I'm not saying that this is necessarily my opinion, but I'll say exactly what he said. He just said, he says, right, I'll record the show and I try to watch it. But when I turn it on, everybody looks like kids. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh... And here's my take on it, Auntie Doug, is everything evolves, you know. Um, I, I'm i a big believer, in, and, and once again, when I do seminars, I'm doing some training down here in Orlando, one of the schools now. I just said this last week to, to the guy, is I said, and this is my, everybody has their opinion, but I feel like that I, I'm pretty, I feel pretty strongly about this. 
make it professional wrestling. If you're going to even be at the indie level, then you need to, like you said, be larger in life. And one of the ways that you can be larger in life is, is you got to project the, the persona, the, the image that you're, you're tough. You know, because this is something that it's a tough business that tough people do. You know, I mean, I think I'm a pretty good example of you can clean up pretty well and still be, you know, kind of a, you know, a, um, you know, a normal looking guy. But, but I mean, you know, I mean, I, I still carry myself in a way that I feel like most people say, okay, well, he's probably a tough guy. You know, but, but the thing is, and what I mean by that is, I always, because I, I used to get kind of labeled as being anti cruiserweight, so to speak, and I'm really not. I'm not at all. What people misunderstand is that what I'm anti is I'm anti people who want to get their butt in the gym and work out, who want who won't do any, the thing, the other things they can do to overcompensate for maybe not being a certain height or being a certain weight. Uh, I always use the example of someone like a Ricky Morton, or if my prime example is always Tully, Tully Blanchard back in his prime. Uh, Mike Graham, you know, Eddie Graham's son. Those guys, they weren't the biggest guys, but they looked tough, you know. They had a good build on them. They looked tough. Now, Ricky Morton never had what you call a great build, but Ricky Morton was a scrappy, scrappy dude, you know. And, and the thing is, I mean, and that was very believable, because he was, he got out there and, and he, he projected that, hey, I'm scrappy. I'm, I may be the, the smallest guy on the team here, but you know, I'm going to fight you tooth and nail the whole way. And and that's what made him believe. It. He knew he was tough, you know. And so that's the one thing that I think a lot of younger wrestlers miss is that they think it's all about the. And it, it was one of the first things I learned in the wrestling business. People say it's not all about the bumps. It's not all about the falls. You know, it's not all about the moves. It's how you project yourself and. You know, I always tell a lot of young wrestlers, you want to see somebody who did it great in the movies, go back and watch Yul Brenner. And he's an old school actor from the from, from the legendary Hollywood days. Not a big person, but every role he ever played, he projected himself as a big person. And it showed on camera, you know, and he looked like a tough guy. You know, he was one of the first famous bald-headed guys. He, he had that voice. Everything about him said, I'm, I'm a tough guy. I may not be the biggest one, but I'm a tough guy. That's what I feel like every wrestler needs to find a way to hold on to and project that. you got to project that you're a cut above the average guy, and that's how you are able to call yourself a professional wrestler, is you do things that the average guy would not do or the average person would not do to be in this game. And you have to be able to find a way to project that, however big or small you are. And if you don't do that, the one thing, and, and the one thing I always make a point to say is, never should there come a time when a wrestling fan, big or small, should be a paying customer and look at someone in the ring and say, I know I can kick that guy's butt. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, you know, and, uh, that's, that's perfect. That's what wrestling projects, you know, and uh, they might say that about a manager or a valet, but you shouldn't say that, you shouldn't think that in your mind about a wrestler. And once again, I'm not saying that you got to be a big guy. I'm just saying you got to, if you're not a big guy in stature, then you need to be fit. You need to have a little bit, you need to have some decent amount of balance size on you, and you need to look tough and scrappy. You know, and, and that's a million different ways you can display that. So those are the things that I always say you need to look for. Those are the elements that, that will allow you to possibly be successful in this business. If you don't have that, in my opinion, you're going to be dead in the water. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just usually it's an eye-opener for people, you know, because uh, a lot of people, you know, they listen to, you know, their friends and family who think it's really cool that they're now you know, playing pro wrestler. But, but there's, you know, it's, it's, it takes a lot to truly earn that title. You know, and uh, and and there's 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 really only a select few that do earn it, especially on the indie scene. And uh, there's a lot, the majority of them do not, in my eyes, earn it. Um, and and that's a shame because you know it's just gotten now with so many wrestling schools, and most of them aren't qualified to be even doing what they're doing. 
Um, but, you know, people, like I said, they think somehow that, you know, it's wrestling and it's easy lessons. Well, they just, that, that doesn't happen anywhere. You know? Right. <laughs> and some of them don't even take 10 lessons. <laughs> oh, my word. But, uh, yeah, you know, but, um, and that kind of takes me to the one thing I did want to mention before we, we finish up is um, one of my good friends, um, uh, he wrestles, and most people know him, uh, he's wrestled in Ring of Honor, he's wrestled in uh, Impact Wrestling, uh, um, he wrestled as QT Marshall. Um, he's a, uh, uh, a pro- product of the Monster Factory out of New Jersey. Um, uh, he and I are actually partnering up to uh, open up a wrestling school in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, the grand opening is going to be uh, the weekend of June. Actually, they're doing a soft opening on Monday, Monday to hear the, the 1st of May. Um, okay. And just to kind of start generating some, some trainees, and then we're doing our first super camp um, June 16th and 17th in Atlanta. And, um, you know, it's, it's uh, the wrestling promotion is going to be called One Fall Wrestling. And, uh, and I think, I think uh, QT's already started putting together a, um, you know, fan page and everything for that on Facebook. I uh, started making some announcements. But, uh, and then with the wrestling school itself is going to be called the, uh, the Power Factory. And, um, and we kind of took, you know, my, my, my home was the power plant, the WCW power plant. And, uh, you know, the Harvard of professional wrestling, still in my opinion, the greatest wrestling school ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just saying. But, uh, and of course, he came to the Monster Factory, so we combined power plant and monster factory came up with power factory so uh um but it's um the thing that we are going to offer in my opinion that is different I, i've been around and uh, I, i've seen what other schools have to offer and there, there's some good wrestling schools especially here in Central florida now um you know that are legitimate schools but as i mentioned and i'm sure you know too doug i mean there's most wrestling schools out there are not legitimate wrestling schools and, right uh, and, I, and i always say and i think i said earlier you know for people who are aspiring to be wrestlers um, and trying to break into this business and go somewhere to get trained, I always say you don't know what you don't know. So if you're someone who's totally green and, and naive to the business, you don't know anything, but you, 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 know, you have the desire to want to train as a wrestler, you don't know if someone's training you improperly or not. That's the one thing that our brand, that we, I'm really going to make sure we build, is that you will be trained properly. And not only that, but it, it will be a positive, constructive, fun environment where you will work your butt off. But we'll do it in a positive way. <laughs> and, you know, and it's an encouraging environment. And, you know, and, and it will be a lot of hard work. But it'll also be a place where, you know, where you can there'll be a lot of support, too, to, to, to do. Because I, I believe in the training and wrestling should carry over to every other facet of your life, too. You know, it should just be an added dimension of, of who you are as a person. Um, and we'll be doing a lot of different, you know, sports-specific stuff that some of my mentors will be coming in and, and doing seminars. Um, Chip Smith is, is one of my mentors and one of the closest people in my life. He's what they call the godfather of sports performance. Um, he, his big thing is he trains guys for the NFL Combine, um, and he's trained some of the biggest names in the NFL. Um, he will be coming in to, to do some sports-specific training with our trainees. Um, one of my other great friends, Steve Day, um, who is in the Amateur Wrestling Hall of Fame, uh, he's the one who trained Cody Rhodes, uh, Coach Cody Rhodes, the, the junior senior year state championship when he was wrestling in high school. He'll be coming in to teach our guys some amateur wrestling. Um, Dallas is going to be you know, right down the road with a performance center, so our trainees will have an opportunity to go to the performance center and learn DDP yoga firsthand from Dallas. So we're going to be able to offer a lot of things. And with my, you know, I have a, a lot of people don't know, I have a master's degree in, in, in health and wellness, exercise science. I'll be able to deliver a lot of that. You know where we are able to just on a on, even though I'm going to be living in Atlanta, I'll be traveling back and forth regularly to, to, to do some coaching and training. And QT will be running it on a daily basis up there. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a very unique atmosphere where, like I said, you got to work your butt off, but it'll be a very it'll be a positive and supportive environment to where you can feel good about what you're doing and know that what you're learning is going to be what you need to learn. Uh, because you know QT and myself both have yeah, I'm, and, and I, one of my favorite quotes I just put it on my fan page today is you know it's not 
we want to be able to train people and say, if the time is right, we can make that call and, and get you in a position maybe to get looked at. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of what we've been working on right now. I love that quote. I've heard Dallas use that quote before, and I. And, that from me. And <laughs> well, you're 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 the king of quotes, right? That's right. You got that from me years ago. <laughs> so, if it means anything to you, I've seen him do an interview independent of you, and he's used that quote. <laughs> yeah, and, and what I got it from one of my one of my one of my college coaches that I really respect an awful lot. Um, and and it's, it has become probably my number one favorite quote because it really is, you know, it, it, in, other, in, in order for you to get anywhere in life, you know, there's got to be people who believe in you and people who are willing to, to speak up for you and say, hey, you need to give this kid a look or give this kid a chance. Whoever that, and, and that, that's just throughout you know, our entire lives, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you know? I mean, let's face it, I mean, you know, <laughs> if you're a good guy and you want to meet, uh, meet some girl that maybe your buddy knows, if your buddy thinks you're a bozo, he ain't going to introduce you to her. <laughs> Yeah, that makes complete sense, and uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I've got I've got nothing to add on to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the last one, the last thing I do want to say is that uh, 
one of the things I've finally done, uh, thank God, I have two good friends of mine, um, Jim Moore and Karen Sear, and uh, they own a marketing a PR business here in Atlanta called Rogue Marketing. Uh, they, I started working with them about a month ago, and they have really, really, to say they've helped me really, you know, with my social media and my PR and my marketing, it, 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 to say they've helped me is, not, is a huge understatement. But uh, the thing is, what I want to put out there to anybody, who, especially a lot of the young independent wrestlers, or anyone out there, maybe even some of the veteran wrestlers who may be listening, anybody who feels like they need to gain a strong, a stronger brand, uh, private message me on my, my fan page. They they are the ones that oversee my fan page, even though I have a lot of interaction on there, too. I mean, they talk to me every day, and then we decide what goes on my fan page. Um, but, uh, you know, private message me, and I'll make sure to relay that message to them. Uh, they are very willing. They, they want to brand themselves as the, the, the marketing and PR firm that actually helps wrestlers. You know, to do their marketing and PR. So they are two of the best people I've ever known in my life. Uh, and uh, and Jim's a he's a retired Army Ranger. He's a tough dude. So but he's also very good at what he does marketing wise. So uh, and and uh, and so anybody who uh, you know expect to see a lot more of me uh, as far as the social media presence because they're doing a great job. Uh, but anyone who who's interested, uh, please private message me, personal message me on my Facebook fan page, and I'll pass the message on to them. They'll get in touch with you and. Uh, and they'll take it from there. But uh, and where where can we find you? Uh, my fan page, which is Glacier Ray Lloyd, uh, and then and they're actually in the, in the process right now of building my website. Uh, I'm also starting getting ready to launch here really soon. They're helping me with that. I'm going to be launching. I think something I talked about with you in the past is um, my uh, business where I'm really trying to brand myself along with the kind of lines of what Paige did with DDP Yoga is uh, Glacier Healthy Living, where is I'm really going to be applying my, my master's degree in health education to. Um, you know, building a video blog where I give a lot of just free, valuable advice on, on good, healthy advice for the average person. On, you, know, the, you know, good advice they can use that can be quick, simple, and convenient, little one-minute, two-minute videos on just things that everybody worries about. Like, how do you get enough sleep? How do you get, the, you know, the right kind of nutrition? How do you, you know, what's the right kind of exercise to do? What's too much? What's too little? Just really good, common-sense health and wellness knowledge that I think people will appreciate. And, um, and just something to say, hey, listen, give me a minute of your time. I can share something with you I think might be valuable, you know. And, and uh, you know, that's just my way of, of, like I said, just kind of passing along what I've been so fortunate enough to learn. And I'll probably also do a little bit more of a wrestling, pro wrestling advisor video blog too, but uh, one thing at a time. <laughs> well, I know that topropereport.com will definitely be sharing your stuff. So. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it. You guys have always been good to me. Yeah. I appreciate it. Oh, it's so good to have you. I uh, I've I've never not talked to you without walking away with questions that were unanswered. But <laughs> but hey, that's that's just you know the state of things, we'll right? Part three. We'll do part three. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Ray. Oh, thank you, Doug. I appreciate it, man. And uh, look forward to oh, every time we get to talk. I really look forward to it, man. It's always a good time. All right, everybody, that was Doug Barrell's interview, second interview, with WCW's Glacier. A lot of interesting info there, a lot of stuff, you know, I pride myself on kind of being a bit of a historian when it comes to wrestling, and really kind of knowing my shit, for lack of a better term, and uh, there was a lot of stuff in there that I didn't even know, so uh, definitely a good listen, at least I thought anyway, hopefully you did too. So, uh, who knows, maybe Doug will have him on once again, because he always seems to come away with a lot more questions every time he talks to him. So, uh, 
and and Ray or Glacier definitely has no problem giving a lot of information. We'll just put it that way. So definitely a great guy to talk to. If you ever have the chance to meet him at any wrestling shows or any kind of cons or anything like that, I would highly recommend it. He's a very personable guy, and like I said, he's very conversational. So I would definitely go and check him out if you get the opportunity. So with that being said, I would like to encourage everybody to keep reading TopRopeReport.com for all the latest and greatest news in the world of professional wrestling from all the most reliable sources anywhere on the web. We also have the most uh, most detailed live in-progress results of all the WWE shows throughout the week, including Raw, SmackDown Live, NXT, 205 Live, and all of the pay-per-views. So make sure you hashtag GetOnTop for all of that including columns from myself, Doug Barrel, Anthony DeMeo, and more. If you'd like to follow TopRopeReport.com on Twitter, we're on there at TRR Wrestling. We are also on Facebook at TopRopeReport.com with no dot. And we are also on Instagram at TopRopeReport.com with no dot. If you'd like to follow myself, I'm on Twitter at TRR underscore E-Ames. That's E-A-M-E-S. And if you would like to follow Doug, he is on Twitter at TRR underscore Doug. So we will be back next week. Doug Barrel will be taking the reins once again to give you another great interview with a local guy who is really starting to make a name for himself. His name is Top Shelf Troy Nelson. Definitely a good interview. Uh, Doug already did it, so I've heard it. And I think that you will be thoroughly entertained. So I'll drink to that. If you don't know what that means, you'll definitely find out next week with Top Shelf Troy Nelson. So until next time, my friends, again, we always leave you with a little bit of positivity. Just remember, it's not how hard you get knocked down, but whether or not you can kick out.